And now, discover your true course. This podcast is a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Your host, founder and president, Dr. Michael Godfrey. Hello and welcome to Discover Your True Course. This podcast is a part of our service to and support for organizations and individuals in their pursuit of more that matters. You know it's a complicated and confusing world out there. Who do you trust to help you sort it out? True Course is a trusted guide for accomplished and successful individuals who want to manage their success, and still they know there is more that matters. Our clients discover ways to be more, see more, achieve more, and finish without regret, both personally and professionally. Think about a problem you solved or will be solving today. The problem might seem small or it might seem big. It's a little different for everyone. Did the problem have familiar qualities or did it present a novel problem space or a little of both? All problems require skill for clearly defining the problem space, which includes defining the current reality, vividly describing the preferred future, and identifying the steps that can lead from current reality to the preferred future. For smaller, more familiar problems, you can sometimes get by with limited problem-solving skill. You can use a previously used template or a procedure and dispatch the problem in short order. However, Much of problem-solving in the 21st century, as dramatically illustrated in our experience of 2020, requires adaptive leadership capabilities. These adaptive capabilities will approach novel problems courageously with strategies and tactics that are unfamiliar, never used before, and are, in fact, experimental. Old templates will not work. Masterful, critical thinking skills are required for clearly defining the problem space and discovering the solutions that are as novel as the problem itself. These are soft skills that are in the top three qualities most desired by organizations today, and yet they still appear to be rare. In recent episodes of Discover Your True Course, we've explored how good decision-making and problem-solving are hindered by cognitive biases. In this episode, we'll look at the last few cognitive biases under our consideration. As I've mentioned several times, these are only a few of the almost 200 of these biases, but I believe we've dealt with some that will be most helpful to you in your day-to-day life and leadership. Again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes on problem-solving to get the fuller picture. Each will outline a different set of cognitive biases. It will help you make this learning more concrete if you'll reflect on your own experiences as we began this podcast with such, and you'll reflect on how you've seen these biases at work with your team, the time you spend with your family in discussions, and your experiences in community leadership. Taking action on your awareness of these biases can dramatically affect your decision-making in the new normal created by COVID-19. Let's review some things we know about cognitive biases. First of all, they're natural and normal. They can help us. They are an integral part of our efforts to manage our limited cognitive resources, such as attention, processing capacity, and our unreliable memory. We also use them to assist us with managing our social influence and social impressions, emotional issues, and our moral motivations. 
Every person on the planet uses these at some time. But these cognitive biases are flaws in reasoning, mistakes in reasoning, deviations from rational judgment that yield conclusions that are flawed or mistaken. But the person using the bias believes the conclusion to be correct, and as a result, these biases are hindrances to making great, effective decisions. Acknowledging their use is the first step to managing cognitive biases when they show up and to making better decisions as a result. So far, we've done an extensive overview of cognitive biases, and we've explored specific bias families, such as cognitive dissonance, confirmation biases, egocentric biases, framing biases, and attribution biases. We've also outlined a plan for dealing with these biases and their effects. To help you with this, you can access this plan in previous versions of the podcast. And also helping you with this, you can access two infographics that will help you with critical thinking to combat error associated with the use of cognitive biases. You can find these infographics at discoveryourtruecourse.com resources. In this episode, we'll review some conformity biases. I'm confident that if you've not already related to the others, you'll relate to these. I'll keep it as simple as possible so you can get acquainted with them. And if you'd like to study deeper, contact me and I can suggest some resources for you. So let's take a look. The association fallacy says that the qualities that one thing has are inherently the qualities of another or the qualities that one person has are inherently the qualities of another. You may have heard the expression guilt by association that's related to this bias, or the expression you're known by the company you keep. That is to say, if one person is guilty, then the other person with them is guilty. Or you can invert that and say that if one person is honorable, therefore the other is honorable. This can also be related to projects, If one project didn't work or was bad, then the other project associated with it must be bad as well. And this can cross between subject and object. If a person is bad, their ideas must be bad. And if a person is good, their ideas must be good. This is the association fallacy, and it is a flawed reasoning. The authority bias is also an association fallacy and is a tendency to say that an idea has greater accuracy or credibility when it comes from an authority figure. The accuracy or credibility is totally unrelated to content, so any ideas put forth by an authority, whether the authority knows anything about it or not, can be subject to this bias. This may be applied today to political figures or anyone who seems to be an authority. A political figure could know nothing about the issue, but more accuracy or credibility will be attributed to what they say simply because they are an authority figure. Think COVID-19 and people attributing more accuracy or credibility to what governmental officials say versus listening to the sciences who are the real authorities in the area. The conformity bias leads to matching attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, and approaches to the explicit or implicit group norms or group politics, or group beliefs. This likely has its basis in our insecurities and our desire to please. People want to be secure in a group, so they will tend to conform 
whether or not they agree with the attitudes, behaviors, beliefs, or approaches of the group. The availability cascade is a conformity bias, and it's a process in which a collective belief gets more and more plausibility the more it's spoken of. So the more you speak it, the more people believe it, and after a while, it's hard to distinguish between truth and falsehood. Old wives' tales are like this. Things that you've heard through the years that are told over and over and over again, as well as how often something is spoken of. The more it's spoken of and the more frequently, the more likely people are to believe it. This can be a part of the availability cascade. The bandwagon effect is a conformity bias. The term probably sounds pretty familiar to you. Get on the bandwagon. This bias is a tendency to do or take up beliefs because a whole lot of other people are doing it. Your mother or father probably said to you, if everyone goes and jumps off a cliff, would you go with them? This is going with the flow, the bandwagon effect. The courtesy bias is a conformity bias as well. And this is a tendency that we have to give an opinion that is more socially correct, but is really different from our true opinion. We'll say or even do what we believe to be socially palatable and socially acceptable and will gain us acceptance with our social group. Then one of my favorites is groupthink conformity bias. This groupthink conformity bias occurs in a group of people when they want harmony and conformity more than they want anything else, and their decision-making becomes irrational and dysfunctional, creating an irrational decision. In doing so, group members are trying to minimize conflict so they just agree, aloud or tacitly, even though they don't really agree, and they have good reason not to agree. This bias is quite common and will torpedo any kind of group-critical thought in decision-making or problem-solving because people go along to get along. You may have heard the idea called the Abilene Paradox. This story I've used in leadership courses to bring this particular bias to the fore, to illustrate how powerful groupthink can be and how much it can cause problems. The story is about a family sitting on their front porch playing dominoes in the Texas heat. The suggestion is raised that they go to Abilene for ice cream. The film lets the viewer inside the heads of the family members to hear their true thoughts while verbally they participate in groupthink. While listening to their thoughts, you discover that none of them really want to go for reasons like no air conditioning in the car, the trip was too long, and so forth. But everyone kept their real thoughts to themselves, and they go to Abilene anyway. The author then illustrates a number of other different ways that this can occur in families and businesses potentially leading to catastrophe. How might you see this happening in your group? And how many people are shaking their heads yes when they really think no, or they have strong reservations that could keep things out of the ditch? They don't disagree for fear of being blackballed or losing their job. They go along to get along. As a leader, you can create an environment where people don't participate in groupthink, but say what they think. As you get started with this, you might consider bringing a third party into the room to facilitate open and honest discussion and thought. After a while, you and the group will get comfortable with working in this way, and you'll feel a little uncomfortable when not speaking up. This will require you, as a leader, to be somewhat vulnerable and speak up and to encourage others to do the same, creating an environment 
that allows it. So learn to take the approaches we've described for managing biases that were mentioned earlier in the podcasts. If you need additional support, information, or training in this regard, please contact me at discover at discoveryourtruecourse.com. I'll be glad to dialogue with you or offer you additional resources. Again, to help you with this project, you can access two infographics that will help with critical thinking to combat error that is associated with the use of cognitive biases, and you can find these at discoveryourtruecourse.com resources. Please do contact me if I may help you in your quest to be more, see more, achieve more in your life, relationships, and career, and finish without regret. I'm Michael Godfrey. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This has been a production of True Course Life and Leadership Development. Copyright by J. Michael Godfrey. All rights reserved.